May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I love Wednesday Bible study. I absolutely love Wednesday Bible study because I can wait until Wednesday Bible study to find out what I will be preaching on Sunday. Because <laughs> I go into Bible study and I simply sit there with a notepad and people just give me ideas. <laughs> and this past Wednesday was no exception. I had probably six sermons that I could deliver you to you from our meeting that day. But in one particular person said, you know, this gospel, if we look at what the gospel was last week, where Todd said, we are judged by what we see. What do we see in the world? This gospel is asking us, what do we see in ourselves? Who are we in this world? How do we reflect God's love in this world? How do we show the world that we have heard the word given to us by Jesus? And if you listen to this gospel, it is clear that one of the main things Jesus is saying is who you are, how you are loved and seen by God has nothing to do with your title. It has nothing to do with how big your salary is. It has nothing to do with what people think about you. It has nothing to do with your title or the size of your bank account. What God sees in you is a beloved child of God and how God sees you is based on how you then show God's love in the world. So don't get caught up with what people say about you, especially the nice things people say about you. Those are not the things that show you to be God's child. Those are not the things that show you to be a good Christian. Don't get caught up with the titles and the labels and the important places that you get to sit. Look into your heart and look at how it is you interact with God's children. So when my dad was the Archbishop of Cape Town, I went and lived at home for a year um, with them at Bishop's Court. And also living in the, on the premises was a member of staff and we became really good friends. She was about my age. And we started going with my dad when he would go and visit different parishes. And my dad is one of those people who gets to the church at least 45 minutes before the service starts. And so we would get to the church and we would be introduced to the priest and the family and the vestry and all the people who were already there. 
And so on one particular occasion, we get to the church and about 15 minutes before the service started, one of the hosts took me and Nonzame and put us on the first or the second row. And we sat there, looking good. (laughs) And then about five minutes before the service started, up came a woman in a mother's union uniform. And she said to us, what are you young women doing sitting on this row? This row is only for Mother's Union. Move, 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 move. And so we got up really embarrassed and tiptoed to the back of the church. Though we laughed as we were going back, and I thought to myself, isn't that amazing? I mean, here we were, sure that we were important because we were members of the archbishop's retinue. But this woman knew who was important in the church. It was the people who keep the church going. The mother's union who cleaned the church, who washed the linens, who ironed the rector's vestments, who make sure that there are flowers. The people who keep the church going day after day, month after month, not two little young women because they're there with the archbishop. And as we laughed at the back, I thought, I think Jesus was just in this church. (laughs) And indeed, Jesus here pulls from his own mother's testimony that Mary, when when she found out that she was going to give birth to God's son, immediately recognized that this is the God who exalts the humble. She said, he has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts and has uplifted the lowly and meek because that is who our God is. And that is who Jesus showed us to be in our life as the church. Jesus said, Be with my people. Be with the poor. Be with the oppressed. Be with the blind, the lame, the prisoner. And Jesus also said, be with the Pharisee. Because if you notice the beginning of this reading, Jesus is eating at the home of a leader of the Pharisees. And, you know, we like to say, you know, Pharisees, bad. Jesus' followers, good. But clearly, Jesus wasn't of that mindset. Jesus said, I eat with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors, with the poor, and I also eat with the Pharisees. Because I know that these two are God's children. And I will have conversations with the Pharisees, even if most of my conversations are actually arguments. But Jesus was willing to be in conversation, in connection, in relationship with the Pharisees. So it does us well to think about how it is that we sometimes call ourselves better 
than some religious leaders and unwilling to be in conversation. And Paul takes that for us even further. Talking about being with those, praying for those whose life experience is so different from ours. Paul says, pray for the prisoner as though you were in prison. Pray for the tortured as though you were being tortured. And you know our world is not a world that wants us to imagine the humanity of prisoners. Our world is a world that says, you know, they're, they're locked up for something that they did and we can forget about them. But we can't. We cannot gather as God's people and close our eyes to those in prison. We cannot gather as God's people and close our eyes to the experiences of those so very different from us. We cannot simply take the world's story at face value. We are called to imagine ourselves in the place of the prisoner. Imagine ourselves in the place of the tortured. And I know how hard that is, and I know how easy it is to decide that what we read, what we see on TV, has to be the truth. And for me, one of the most powerful ways that this, this idea was brought home to me was in the trial of the murder of Trayvon Martin. Because when I saw that the jury was predominantly women, I got hopeful. I said, women will know what it is to imagine their child, a 16-year-old, coming home at night and being accosted by a strange man. And they will remember what it is that we teach our children. If a stranger approaches you, scream, fight, don't just give up. And then the verdict came. And I thought, how could that be? And then I realized that for that predominantly white women's jury, they could not imagine Trayvon as a young boy going home afraid, being accosted. They could imagine George Zimmerman, a grown man, being afraid of this black man. Our children not seen as children. And our God says, put yourself in the place of those who are oppressed. Put yourself in the place of those whose story is the most different than your own. If we are to be the body of Christ, then we have to be the ones to show the world a different way, 
a way that is about embracing God's humility, a way that is about lifting up our relationships and our connections as children of God. You know, in, in our culture, age in and of itself gives respect. So it doesn't matter if you are a wild and crazy aunt like I am to many of my nieces and nephews. The truth is I'm older than they are, and so they must treat me with respect no matter what I do. They never would call me by my first name. We always put a title in front even of our siblings who are older than we are. And my grandmother was a domestic worker. One time we went to pick her up where she worked, and I heard the children in that household who were about my age calling her by her first name. And I got so angry. I was angry with them for the lack of respect, and I was angry with her for allowing them to disrespect her in this way. And when we got into the car, I said to her, Makulu, how can you let them treat you like that? How can you let them talk to you like that? And she said, my child, my worth as a human being is not determined by how people treat me. My worth and value as a human being is determined by how I treat God's children. At that time, I didn't want to hear it. But as years have gone by, I hear in my grandmother's words the lessons of our Lord. Be humble. Love God's children. Feed the hungry. Welcome the stranger. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Amen.